hello everyone, I am Azara and this is another episode of my podcast La Revoltosa. In today's episode I talk about uh, the first class uh, that I had with David, which was the 31st of May, and what we did during his class and my learnings from this first class. So um, David um, is going to be teaching us during June, we're going to have like five sessions with him and he's going to be helping us to develop our, our performance, our final performance for the master. And so he has been going through all of our proposals and he's just um, adjusting the classes to help all of us to, as I said, develop our proposals. And um, he mentioned that in few of us we were um, we were talking about Stanislavski in our um, proposals. So he wanted us to go through a bit of Stanislavski during his first class. So we did some some um, exercises that had to do with visualization, action, objectives and given circumstances. So the first uh, exercise we, we did was without talking, um, uh, the given circumstances were, were that um, one of, uh, of us didn't want to be embraced or hacked and so how you were doing that without talking, so just um, by the movement. Uh, portraying that, that circumstances. The second uh, exercise was given that same uh, given circumstances, now you add some um, um, just just speak and then um, what he wanted us to do is as well getting this moment when an actor discovers the other actor and is taking the space. So then how do you do that within the space and how do you react to that? And then the last exercise we, get, we had, it was um, a different setup so we could speak. It was a completely impro, given circumstances where one of us wanted to, to go to a cinema but uh, didn't want to go by herself. So she's spotting a, a stranger uh, sitting on a, on a bench in, in the park and is proposing this stranger to go to the cinema with her. And then the person who was at the park, so is sitting on the bench, can uh, the given circumstances where that it's free, um, doesn't have anything to do in the afternoon, and then that person would decide either if he's going to the cinema or he's not going to the cinema. So for the person sitting on the bench, uh, David said to really visualize the park. So that it was very important that that person saw the park. So I was that person. So he was asking me for my local park, if I go to my park. And so I said, yes, I do. <laughs> Sometimes I sit on in a bench exactly by myself. And so um, I, I sat down and I just um, saw my park, basically. So I, I picked up a, a spot of my park that I, 
I can refer as when I'm sitting, so I know that's the view I will have. And I know they could be, it depends on the time, but it's like a certain, certain times during the day, there are not so many people around the park. So just casually somebody strolling or somebody with the dogs. And I just uh, sat down and I saw that. So somehow, like my memory, I was going back to maybe a scene I have seen in my book before. So just sitting and just people walking and somebody going the other way with, with the dog and not many things happening around. So just um, seeing that. And as well, I was um, imagining and going back to that moment when I'm sitting in the park. So normally it's a sunny day, otherwise I rarely sit down in the park if it's raining or so. And it's that moment when you, around 12, one, when you have the sun on you and it's so nice, you're feeling the sky's blue and the, the rays of the sun are on you and you feel warm and then sometimes you have a bit of a breeze going on so you hear the leaves making a beautiful sound just right now it's happening there are some there are two um, trees by my windows so I can hear them and then you will hear the cars passing and perhaps dogs barking or the owners of the dogs normally they, they get together and they talk so they, they chat which is sometimes very interesting now like sometimes I have to admit listen to people what they say especially if I'm by myself and they start talking next to me and sometimes it's actually quite interesting um, um, the conversation that they're having so yes I do that sometimes I'm sorry um, so I sat down and I visualized that and I felt that so that was from my side and then Ali she she was the one who was inviting me to the party and then um, so I I knew she was going to do that um, to the party no sorry to, to the cinema I'm right thinking in going to a party. Um, she invited me to the cinema, so I knew she was going to do that. Um, but I I tried not to know, and I hope I succeeded in doing that. And I just uh, simply felt of how I would be if somebody is talking to me in the park. So um, I guess um, it depends on the mood, but uh, in generally, in general, I don't think I could be very open. Like, oh yes, yeah, chatting so much. So it depends on like, I tend to be very short sentences, a very short sentences person, I guess. And um, and decline if somebody's inviting me. I don't think it. Well, no, it has happened actually. I was like, I don't think it ever happened. No, it has happened. I've been invited to go to a party. But long time ago, I just remembered that just happened. Anyway, um, going off topic, and I didn't want to. So my instinct was like not going with her, and that's what I said. So it was like a no. Um, and I have to say, like my head was like I was fully in, but because it was an exercise, and I have done improv exercises before, so I know you have 
two types of actors, the ones that they give and the ones that they don't give you. So if you are like with a no, 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 you are not really letting your partner to, to do anything. You're just cutting the, the wings, to say in a way, of the other actor and you're not letting anything to work with for the other actor. So um, I became aware of that. So I thought, okay, my natural instinct is to say, no and uh, declined declined the offer however i cannot stack in a no and declining the offer because then i'm not gonna give anything to ali for her to carry on performing so i started asking her about um which uh, cinema she was going to and perhaps uh, sharing with her some of my personal experience about going alone so I just tried to establish a conversation with her and I consciously thought about it as I said because I didn't want to be a no actor but on the other hand um, I think that's something that I would again naturally do if I'm with somebody because I honestly feel you have to be very courageous to ask somebody that you don't know to go with you or in, in this particular case um, Ali mentioned um, that she didn't have nobody to go with because her friends could not make it and she didn't know any more people and she really wanted to go and so how I do relate to that as well like sometimes you want to do things um, and your friends cannot make it and then it's like you don't do them because you don't have nobody to go with and that's why I think it's very courageous to ask somebody that you don't know, like, do you want to go with me? Because I have nobody to go with. There's nobody around to go around with me. So if that happens, I think, again, so if I'm saying no, I would just try to make that person feel good, you know, or not trying to, not making that person feel lonely or, oh my goodness, you have somebody who you don't know um, to go to go with you because you have nobody to go with so yes that was a natural thing and I think it went quite well it was nice to to have this little impro I'm working into Stanislavski's um, method and yeah considering the given circumstances the objectives and and doing the actions so we did that and I really like it and then um we had a, we had a very interesting exercise that kept me thinking. Oh, can I add this to my performance? Now, my performance is in a stage of cooking. That's how I will describe it. So I have thought about it for a very long time. I have the very clear idea of the aesthetics of it. So my my way of working um, is first it comes the image. So I'm, I'm very I'm very sensory person, how to say like I see first the look, the sound, the ambient and then the test comes after that. I find it harder the test I, I can't see how I want it to be or like 
where I wanted to go through with the with the test. But I find hard writing. And that's not an issue because it's in English. It's like it's the same in, in Spanish. I I found always hard writing and putting the things on a way um, that is beautiful. May I say that? I don't know if it's beautiful. I can write a lot. I'm very descriptive in my writing. If I go deep, I go very, very deep. Um, but I don't know how easy it is to read that. Like, um, as I was saying to a friend just now, like if I focus on something, I'm like 200% on that. Like maybe it takes me time to focus, because I'm busy with thousand things around but if I'm focusing it's like I can do things in like in 15 minutes half an hour like it doesn't take me time to do things if I'm fully focused but it takes me time to be fully focused so with the writing if I'm very focused I write a lot but I go very deep and then so I don't know how um, that can be an interesting reading or it can be very thick and heavy for somebody to read um, so I don't know so with my piece I know the look I know the feeling I know the lights I can visualize the props I want and then I'm taking things here and there from, from things that I'm seeing, exercises that we're doing, like the exercise I was just about to talk. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, I didn't think about that, but I think that can be implemented into my performance. So I have a great challenge ahead of me because my performance is the 5th of July and I've been working on the past in other performances for um, my drama school, uh, for university and I finished, I think the last thing I did was a performance for a project on a bus, which was a mentorship program we had during these months and I had it very clear from the beginning, I didn't want to do my end of master project for project of the past i wanted to do different things and now it's coming to the point i'm thinking wow you put yourself in a very challenging situation because um june i'm basically filming every single day i think i have i think i have four four or five days off not filming in june but from the days I'm filming, I'm still going to, I'm still working. And anyway, it's just a bit crazy. It's like, I, for me, it's like, it has, it has had happened by a, a misunderstanding, but here we go. So um, I find myself in this position, like it's really challenging because I don't have physically time to to try to rehearse much so 
I'm taking it. We'll see how it goes. Um, I have to make the most of the days and of filming and the days I'm filming, I guess it's just gonna go like test, 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 learning and having the things so, so clear on my head and then on, on the stage, I can do that. I hope, that's my hope. So anyway, so we were doing this very nice exercise, which it was um, reaching different stages. So number one, stage number one was like jellyfish. So it's like you're very floppy, very like, yeah, like jelly. And the second one is the stage when you just uh, are working up. So you're not fully functional. You're like, kind of like, you're going like, oh, you're going to the toilet and you bang yourself against the wall or something because you're still not really seeing that clear. It's, it's like, um, when you just wake up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet and it's like you are so like you even don't bother to put the light on and you just go on and kind of find the toilet and then you go back to your bed and you go to sleep um so that's uh that stage number three is californian so very laid back walking enjoying the sun enjoying the free time um just really chill Number four is neutral, so how you are normally in your normal life. Not pretending to be chill, not pretending to be active, it's just how you are. Number five is the stage manager. So everything is under control, everything is under control, and you are, <clears throat> sorry, you're just doing the things that needed to be done, or they need to be, they need to be done uh, without people interfering in your um, actions. So it's like, these op doors need to be open, they're gonna be open. So that's the stage manager. Number six is um, James Bond stage. So emergency, but in control. So there's a situation out there, but it's everything under control. You can deal with it. Number seven is panic so there is an emergency and it's out of control so um, let's say uh when the alarms take off because there is a fire or something so it's like there's emergency you have to do things there's a bit of panicking banking against walls or furniture that's a stage and number eight is a catatonic so off like your brain switches off and you are in that, that state. So with this given um, different stages, so David um, made us doing an exercise, which was hilarious. So we had to pick up a, um, an activity that we do every day. So nothing major, nothing very difficult, something like, let's say, washing the dishes or brushing your teeth, cleaning, anything. That it was easy and simple. Um, I chose um, just um, with a little dust pan and the brush, just cleaning around, emptying, it's in the bean and then continue going around the house. So that was my action. 
and then we did have to do these actions from stage one, so jellyfish, to stage eight, catatonic. And um, it was hilarious. It was so, so funny. And I was out of breath, you know, uh, by the time I got to catatonic. I must admit, <laughs> I was so enjoying in just walking up because the day we did this, um, exercise the day of this class I came from filming so <laughs> I was just very exhausted by the time I came to uni so I was really enjoying my just walking up a stage and I was like there for ages and I realized my classmates were very more forward than I was I'm like oh I need to rush a bit so I don't think I went I went into catatonic straight away I know that I started to rush a bit, like three, four, five, six, seven stages because they all end the actions and I was the only one there cleaning. Um, Said so that, uh, it, it was just really funny because I felt my heart beating and being out of breath when I was like, um, state manager, um, just one emergency, uh, in control, panic, emergency with, without control, so it's like crazy going all around and then... Catatonic, yeah, I think I didn't do it. I was like, just did something and I stopped because I felt a bit embarrassed, embarrassed that I was the only one who was still doing it. Um, but I saw, I saw the comedy on this. I saw the comedy on, on, on the nonsense of like, for instance, going into the stage of panic when you are just cleaning around your house, like, why would you be in that stage? You're just cleaning. So it's the nonsense of like the action with the feeling. It was such a funny moment that I thought, oops, sorry. So I thought this is something I can apply for my piece. So my piece um, or my project is a bit, it's a bit very deep. Like I'm going into the concept of uh, relationship and family relationship and the concept of um, changes in the relationship and how we perceive ourselves or how we behave depending on the circumstances where we are, so the different masks that we put on ourselves and then that mixed with uh, the use of um, social media and the use of internet, the use of applications like uh, YouTube or, um, YouTube or um, TikTok or Instagram and I would say even uh, WhatsApp. So how how much we we rely on these interactions that they are not face to face, and how that is changing as well our behavior. So um, putting all that together and bringing it down to the relationship in between my mother Maria and her son. Um, 
during the pandemic and how that changed and how that has how that change has affected their relationship post pandemic and during pandemic so it's not it's not i don't see or it's like in general i don't see a lot of comedy on 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 that what i'm doing but said that i found this exercise at uh, the day very interesting and i found um i can perhaps use it in my performance um simply because as as the way to use it it was um so the mother maria she's wearing many masks because obviously she cannot um fully show to her child what is going inside of her like the worries about uh are we gonna die if we breathe the outside or i don't have enough money or i'm i'm completely alone and i need help there is um as i said um my performance my performance is uh it has a lot of autobiographical content it is not autobiographical fully but obviously i'm taking a lot of my my experience so i had i had this this um unfortunate experience i think the first day that we were officially on lockdown i think it was the if it was not the first day it was the second day of the lockdown so everything is locked you cannot go nowhere you can go for for a walk yeah but just like um she cannot go to to your gp you cannot go to your dentist you can perhaps go to the shops but you couldn't go because it was all this crazy thing going like oh if i go outside am i just gonna die because it's this virus there and i had this very hard experience straight after we went into the lockdown so my son um had a tooth that didn't completely fell off and somehow um somehow the tooth somehow the tooth so instead of falling off so it got like reattached to his um how was it that was later so i think it was like the tooth so he had a wobbly tooth that's it yeah that's what happened sorry it's like it's like two years ago three years ago and it was um, i had to go back to it so he had a tooth that was a bit wobbly and so the day after we went into lockdown and so he was eating something i don't remember what it was but the tooth was just in a almost off but just like you know sometimes the tooth gets a bit 
stuck with a bit of tissue so it's not completely off so he had the tooth like that and obviously being a child and you hear so many things so suddenly you don't have a school and then this is this virus that is killing the people even if i was not talking in my house about it but it's like you hear those things outside so and the only way to talk to your friends was through like talking to them with their headphones then anyway so i don't know why but it's like on the head of my child came this idea that he was unable to talk that he could not talk because he had the tooth like that and he got into a massive distress like really massive distress he was crying shouting he was uncomfortable like he was feeling so so bad and i was trying to calm him down but he was like i guess all these emotions of what was happening so because that happened to him they were high up quickly and so i didn't know what to do like i tried to calm him down for a very 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 long time and he was still like very 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 distressed so i called um the dentist and i said to the dentist what happened and my son was screaming at the back so the dentist could hear my son screaming screaming and said to her he's like i'm sorry i have my son he's in a completely distress this is the situation and i don't know what to do it's like could we please come and you remove his teeth his tooth sorry you remove his tooth because he says he cannot talk he said as well like i think he was saying that he couldn't eat and i said I, I, i've tried to calm him down but it's just impossible and could you, we just please go and the answer i got back is like no sorry you cannot go because it's not an emergency and i said i know it's not you know it's not that he has an infection or something I understand it's not that type of emergency but he's in a completely stress he's unable to calm down and get it on himself like it got stuck on his head that like he cannot speak and i think he cannot do it and the dentist told me no they told me no sorry it's not possible because we are in a pandemic we're in lockdown and that's not an emergency so i had to put down the phone and i remember being completely hopeless because i didn't know what to do my son was screaming madly for hours and there was nothing i could do to calm him down and i didn't have any help from nobody around me because we live alone and i had no help from in this case the dentist that was who could have helped him and who could have helped me and then is when i realized how big the circumstances we were in was like straight from the beginning i felt like 
this is this 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 uh, how to explain it's like suddenly you see that you don't have any support from nobody and you are completely alone and there's no one who can help you and basic things as having a doctor or having a dentist were gone so all my life since I've been born and I have knowledge is if I need to be treated there's a doctor for me to be to treat me that day I learned that that's not for granted that's not happening there's some people in the world that they live like that and bless them because it's hard and I have to face that first or the second day of the lockdown and it was really hard and it was very hard for my child he eventually calmed down out of um, exhaustion like he fell asleep of how uh, tired he was but I was unable to 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 make him calm down so that is like a very strong experience I have from the lockdown and really took on me and as I'm saying these are the type of things I personally went through the lockdown and other other things and that's the perception that's like one of the things I experienced that helped that made me change my perception of the society I live in my life how it is and and an awful a really awful experience which is as a parent which is seeing your child in pain and not being able to help your child i think that's one of the worst experience as a parent that you can have that you are not able to to help your child you know like you would swap without thinking it like in a second like the pain that your child is having you would swap it you have it and failing such a big time um to your child uh that's that's hard so um that is that is um the vibe i'm having with uh with my performance of like strong strong different uh, situations that happened during the lockdown and make you grow <laughs> 30 years as a parent and as well uh, as I was saying like I don't want my performance to be something uh, bad and depressing or like oh gosh all, all of us have gone through the pandemic and those of us who are parents know what what it was uh, from the parents point of view as I said I want it to be something positive and what as a person I'm always trying to see the positive side of like the negative side of the negative events that happened or all events that happened and so the positive side I'm taking out of the pandemic is like I saw the reinforcement of uh, the relationship within the family like spending more time with your children made you perhaps 
rediscover them. Obviously, it depends on greatly of the age of the child. Um, but for many working parents, um, sometimes the school became not only the place where your child goes to learn, but then it's like your um, child minder. So you would send your child to breakfast club and then like to after school club and then to um, after after school club. So your child spends um, most of the day at the school because you're just working and you don't have time to, to be with your child, which is, uh, I find I, that's the, as the project is very personal, so I'm entitled uh, to give my personal opinion about this topic, which is what I'm talking about in my project. And I find that very sad that we have come to that point where you barely see your children and where you barely have any quality time with your child like at the weekend they have clubs and they have things so it's the, the amount you are with your child is very reduced and as i feel the families is the nucleus of the society so if the family is strong things are strong within the society and if the family is strong you are helping a person to then work and live within society so it's I think it's very important the role of the family so said that uh, the fact that you were spending more time with your child so made you perhaps understand how your child was changing even like um, listening to their classes I remember like liking his teacher a lot thinking oh wow he's a nice teacher um, I had a completely different idea from his teacher from knowing him rather than seeing him teaching them or um, having perhaps these moments of being together and nurturing back that strong relationship you have with your children perhaps before they go to, to school. As I'm saying, it's, it's so, the relationships within the family, they depend so much on the personal circumstances. If you are full-time working part-time, self-employed, so not everyone can spend the same time with their, with their children. In my case, I was self-employed, so I was with my child, I think, until he started um, school. Like I was really with him, taking him everywhere, and we were constantly together. So the, the pandemic, brought that back and I I had to say I missed that and it was very beautiful so I think the pandemic brought back within a family this reconnection with the with the family so if you are in a in a relationship with somebody with your partner or if you're not um with yourself I guess and or if you have children, especially with your children. So reconnecting with them and being able to give them quality time, you know, like not time that you have free time from work, but you're exhausted from work. So being able to be with them fully and yeah, just for them, which is, which is nice. So yeah, so sorry, sometimes I get off topic when I talk you know that already if you have been listening to my podcast um but yeah so i think i think doing one of these um 
having a, a moment on my play and my my performance that I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna go to into different stages. I think it's it can relate to what I'm talking about. So I'm working on that. I'm I'm, I'm working on when that moment is gonna be and how I'm gonna do that. So really looking forward for it. Well, this is I say very long episode. It's 40 minutes. Well, sorry. Sometimes I talk really a lot. And thank you so much if you came to this point. I don't know if you're seeing the video or if you are listening to me, but um, thank you so much for being here. And I will see you in my next episode. Thank you. Bye.